Welcome to the In the Oil Patch radio show, broadcasting from the SR Trident studio. SR Trident, where safety is a culture, not just a word. In the Oil Patch radio show with Kimball Auto is where you will hear the latest in the oil, gas, and energy industry from a wide variety of industry experts, elected officials, and more, right here on In the Oil Patch radio show. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kimball Otto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. We'll be joined by Dan Nats, who is the Vice President, Governmental Affairs for IPAA. But first, I'd like to tell you about our latest issue of Shell Magazine, in which we featured Nick Dulles, who is the CEO of CNX Resources. Now, they are a new refining company that's located in the Marcellus Shell, which is near Pittsburgh. So we're pretty excited about being able to feature them and talking about what's happening in the Pittsburgh area. It's an article and an issue that you don't want to miss. Plus, there's a whole lot of other great stories in there, especially if you want to know more about oil, gas, and energy. For more information, please go to shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. And I'd like to also invite you to join me at our State of Energy in Houston, Texas. It is set for April 21st. It is a luncheon. Our keynote speaker will be the commissioner of the Texas Railroad Commission, Wayne Christian, along with a great set of panelists. We will be joined by the CEO of Howard Energy, Mike Howard, also the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, Sean Strawbridge, and the vice president of Argus Media Group. Bruce Fullenwire. It's a luncheon that you do not want to miss. For more information and to purchase tickets or to sponsor the event, please go to shellmag.com and click on the banner ad, purchase your ticket. This will be a sold out event. I look forward to seeing you there. And now it's time for me to welcome on my co-host and editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to this week's show. Hey, it's another beautiful day in the oil patch. It sure is. Well, let's get on uh, our favorite topic, the Biden administration. <laughs> they leaked yes. a plan to draw down 1 million barrels per day from the ne- from the nation's strategic petroleum reserves for the next 180 days. Question, was that a really wise move from the energy security perspective? And two, this SPR fund, isn't it normally for only when we are at war? And last I checked, we're not at war with any country. Yeah, I mean, it's for, you know, a national emergency, a major national emergency. Uh, Congress in 1973, a Democratic Congress and President Nixon established the Strategic Petroleum Reserve in the aftermath of the Arab oil embargo. Mm -hmm. Uh, And while we were deeply involved in the war in Vietnam. And so their rationale for doing it was the nation needed to have uh, a very substantial reserve of, of oil on hand to draw from in case of a national emergency. So, you know, uh, President Biden is essentially is declaring that $4.20 gasoline prices that he created, that he created, <laughs> his policies created, uh, constitute a national emergency. I find that incredibly ironic and really wrongheaded because, uh, yeah, I don't like paying 100 bucks to fill up my car with gasoline, but it's not a national emergency. It's an inconvenience. It's a stretch on a lot of people's budgets, Mm -hmm. and that's unfortunate. Uh, But it's not a national emergency. We're not involved in a war. We're not, we we don't have an oil embargo going on. That's right. And we're not in an economic depression, although we seem to be headed in in that direction. Um, So this is the wrong way to use this petroleum reserve. I've criticized Republican presidents for doing it, going back to George W. Bush. 
and I've criticized Democratic presidents for doing it uh, now with Joe Biden. And it just, you know, shouldn't be happening. It's a dumb thing to do. And it it uh, diminishes our energy security, as you your question asked. Uh, because if we are attacked in some way, that's that needs to be full. Um, the fact that the administration is just so nilly-willy with it um, yeah. is, is, is not a good thing, in my opinion. Well, yeah. Look, they've already drawn down 50 million barrels right. starting last November. Now you're going to take 180. Yep. So that Biden inherited a reserve with 650 million barrels in it. So we're talking about now uh, drawing down 40 percent mm. of the volumes that Biden inherited. Yep. taking them out of the and reserve. And it's scary because... It's a major hit on our energy It security. is. And considering the fact that that's how we won World War II was because we had we had access to energy and, and, and we're exactly. now 40% and the down. Lost it. And yeah. you've got Russia invading Ukraine. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't feel like we're in... Uh, the world is really thinking very clearly right now with a lot of things happening. Let's stay on the administration, switch topics. Um, they announced, the Biden administration announced a plan to invoke Defense Production Act uh, to boost the progress of mining in this country for critical minerals, which is super important, needed for the batteries for these electric vehicles, right? Right. Um, so this would allow the government to subsidize in the mining industry now, uh, <laughs> right. along with they already subsidize in solar and wind, but they don't subsidize in oil and gas. So what are the implications for this move for the energy transition that we keep, you know, talking about that's so important? Well, you know, it's so funny. And again, you talk about irony. This is so ironic because the Biden administration has, has spent the last 15 months refusing to issue permits for mining operations, for things like lithium and nickel and cobalt oh, and mm -hmm. antimony. They have just re, just continued to withhold permits for these mining operations. If, if we don't have mines, it's because they won't issue permits, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you want, to, want mining to happen in this country, you have to permit it. This is not complicated. Yes, of course. Uh, so, but now the president's going to say, he's saying, oh, you know, I'm going to really speed this up now. We're going to invoke the Defense Production Act. So what? So they're going to have a $750 million pot of money that they can now give to the mining companies, apparently, that they've been holding up for 15 months. What kind of sense does this make? This makes no sense at all. Okay? I mean... Yes. If you want mining, then permit the mining. Correct. This isn't hard. Same thing it's with the energy industry. Approve the permitting that right. needed for LNG. Approve oil. the permitting right. for pipeline. Yeah. I mean, it's ludicrous. I, I agree with you. It's, it's idiotic. <laughs> And it's and just it's lunacy. Yes. Lunacy, yes. <laughs> Speaking of lunacy, let's keep on this topic. The Biden administration's <laughs> commitment for the U.S. LNG industry uh, to dramatically boost supplies to Europe in the coming months and years. <laughs> but how can we fulfill this with no <laughs> well, we permitting? <laughs> and how does this work? And and does this administration just say things because to just say things? Do they really think that the American people are that dumb? That yes, they do. Yes. I, that, well, you know what? Again, we talk about our wonderful yes. show, how we inform people. Don't believe that because that's where the lie is. <laughs> the right. proof is in no permits, you know? So again, yes, exactly. Again, you have an LNG industry. Uh, 
who can't get permits issued to build new facilities, okay? You've committed them now to quadrupling their supply to Europe over the next eight years, but but your DOE won't issue permits. The, the, the energy department, I mean, uh, the Interior Department won't issue permits. The Commerce Department won't issue permits. The SEC won't issue permits. It, it's just, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. And, and your, to your question, does the industry, I mean, does the administration just say things to, to say things? Yes. That's exactly what this is. The president has no intention of, of doing anything to change what's happening with the permitting processes. And he wanted, he wanted to end his trip to Europe with a virtue signaling opportunity that his administration was trying to help Europe. But they and really that's aren't. What he came up with. But they or really what his aren't. Handlers came up with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but they're really. No, aren't. they're not going to do anything. And in, in the industry, look, the LNG industry has been supplying Europe now since last November, and 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 really doing everything it can to keep the lights on over there. Yeah. So they deserve a lot of credit and a lot of applause. Right. Uh, and 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 really really should be thanked for that. Right. Right. But they, but they only have so much capacity. Mm -hmm. And if they're not going to be able to allow to really ramp up that capacity, they cannot fulfill this promise that the president made. Right. And, you know, I think it also is, is telling as well. Our audience needs to understand that if you're feeling the pinch, waiting in line for gas or your grocery bill, expect more of the same and expect that it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Probably so, yes. And um, elections do matter and who you vote for does matter. And so I'm, I'm not trying to tell our listeners who to vote for, but we clearly see- I will, see, I will. <laughs> we clearly <laughs> see that if we keep voting this way, you know, I, I'll tell you quickly, I had an Uber ride, a uh, nice lady, and she we got on the discussion, because she you know, found out I'm in oil and gas media, and she said, can you just explain this to me? I mean, I've always been a Democrat, and right now I feel very, very angry at them, and I'm like, you know, you I think this is a problem that is not so much oil and gas related as this is a globalism issue that we're dealing with. And these global elite are attempting to push what they want, and this is their last attempt to do it. So November is extremely important. I said, take your mom, take your dad, get your grandma, get your grandpa, get everybody <laughs> into the voting booth and stop voting the way you've always voted. And vote now by looking at what elected officials are saying they're going to do. And so, so I'm honestly saying I don't think that anybody should just vote straight ticket Republican if you like an independent fine. And and I think Texas Democrats are amazing in many ways. It's the D.C. crowd that scares me of these Democrats. Yeah, it's very scary. Yes, uh, it is. They're off their rocker. And, and who knows if they get it back. Anyway, David, that's all the time we have for this segment. But coming up next, we will be joined by Dan Natz, who is the Vice President, Governmental Affairs for IPAA. And you are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. We'll be right back. SR Trident is a veteran-owned and operated industrial construction company. Established in 2012 by co-founder Stephen Snyder and Ryan Berthold, SR Trident has positioned itself as an expert in the industrial construction sector. With mounting business expansions, they've assembled a team of skilled, experienced, and able individuals who are dedicated to meeting client needs as they evolve. SR Trident's safety record is impeccable as they've won a number of awards, including the ABC National Safety Excellence Award in 2020. With exceptional leadership and experience driving their gains, SR Trident can tackle any project 
and are ready to let their talent be the driving force in the energy industry. Call today, 361-776-2662 or visit online at srtrident.com to request a bid proposal today. The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers has a rich and commanding history of fighting for the independent oil and gas industry. The Texas Alliance became a statewide organization in 2000 with the merger of two of the oldest oil and gas associations in the nation, the North Texas Oil and Gas Association and the West Central Texas Oil and Gas Association. Today, with more than 2,600 members, the Texas Alliance is the largest statewide association in the country serving independent energy producers and associated industries. Through our efforts in Washington, D.C., and and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. And now, David, it is time for us to bring on our guest, Dan Natz, Vice President of Governmental Affairs for IPAA, which stands for Independent Petro Association of America. Dan, welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, we wanted to have you back because there's a lot of things happening in D.C. that I think the American people are confused because the messaging that's coming out from the Biden administration and what's really happening in the oil and gas industry are two different things. And uh, we're going to start, you know, just going through the different problems that the associations and the industry are facing with this administration. But before we get started, Dan, give us a little bit of information uh, of, you know, what IPAA is, what's the mission. Um, and how you guys are helping the oil and gas industry. Sure, you bet. Um, the Independent Petroleum Association of America, which uh, which is what I work for, uh, we represent uh, independent producers across the country, independent American producers. Uh, uh, our average member size is about 25 people. We go up to larger companies, uh, but really it is the face of uh, small business for the oil and natural gas industry. We're based in Washington. And our, our role is to advocate for our members at, with the federal government, both with Congress and the federal regulatory agencies, talking about EPA, Department of Interior, Department of Energy, and really um, uh, engage so that we allow our members uh, to continue to move forward and produce oil and natural gas across the country. We have members in 34 states, um, uh, not only Texas, Oklahoma, but uh, in uh, Ohio, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, re really, you see the whole breadth of American uh, production. So that's an important uh, role, and uh, we certainly are facing a lot of challenges right now. Dan, thank you, as always, for coming on. You know, I, I, I don't know, our listeners don't know, but I had many years of experience working through IPAA for various companies that I worked for, and, and, and the reason we like having y'all on is because you are I think the most effective voice for the industry in, in the capital. So thank you for all you do. First Especially with the independence, which it's yeah. so needed, yeah. you know, who's talking well, for well, them. That's well, David, right. I appreciate that. Thank you, my friend. So I, you know, I want to start just by talking about all this volatility that's happening. The industry 
you know, just keeps getting whipsawed, uh, not just by this administration, but also by uh, world events. You know, it, it, one week uh, the administration is is proposing, uh, you know, trying to nominate an anti-oil and gas activist to the Federal Reserve Board. Mm -hmm. The next week, several senators are proposing a new windfall profit tax. And then the week after that, uh, Secretary Granholm is demanding or asking the, the energy industry to produce more oil. Talk about for your members and for these smaller independent companies, how all of this impacts their ability just to plan their business and get their business done on a daily basis. Well, it's a great it's a great question, David. Um, you know, as we talk about uh, everything that's going on, first of all, prices. It's so important uh, to understand that in the industry. Uh, we're price takers, not price makers. Uh, you, the, the world price is going to decide uh, what's going on. So again, the administration and, and a lot of the progressives talk about the industry gouging. Uh, it, it's, it's just not true. So uh, that's the first thing. The second thing I think is really where you hit it on the head is um, the challenges that we're facing um, from the administration have been from from day one relentless. Um, you know, they've they've new regulations, talks of increased taxes. Uh, every step of the way, they have made it harder for our members to get out and produce. But now, with uh, Russia's brutal invasion of Ukraine, uh, now they're in the world is in an energy crisis, and the country is in an energy crisis, and so now. This is the, the the frustration that really compounds itself. Then Secretary Granholm gets out and says, just go drill. Uh, today, <laughs> right. it's not, the White House just said there's nothing stopping these guys from going out and getting in their way of drilling. Oh, just That's you want to permits. True. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you're not approving permits. You're executing executive orders to stop the Keystone Pipeline. Let's just yep. go out and drill. Yeah. Yeah, it's really frustrating. And, and, and uh, so... Uh, you know, we're going to get out there, continue to, to spread our message and talking again. Uh, you know, we want to engage with the administration. Uh, we want to we want to get into discussion because we understand how important this is, uh, how important it is to have America be energy secure. Um, and right now, the administration has making is, has made decision after decision after decision, which has called that into question. And so we need to get serious about this once again, or not only are we going to feel in the United States, but worldwide, uh, yeah. the challenge is you don't have energy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, Dan, uh, David and I, we question all the time, um, is this really uh, a more orchestrated uh, attempt to divert what's really happening that the administration is very well aware of um, what they are doing uh, to harm the oil and gas industry, uh, but yet, you know, the, the, the double talk that's going on from the administration uh, is troubling because we hear a lot of the CEOs and executives, uh, I was at Sarah Week, and uh, to hear ConocoPhillips, uh, Ryan Lance, and uh, Vicki Holcomb, Oxy say, they don't have even the voice uh, they're not being asked what can they do to help in this, uh, you know, very troubling time. They're basically just being left out of discussions. And, and so it makes us wonder if there isn't something more, uh, something greater happening here, something that is 
um, preventing the oil and gas industry, yet at the same time, the administration is not saying it. And I want to get back into that specific topic and the whole LNG discussion that's happening that we're supposed to, you know, send uh, LNG uh, to Europe somehow, uh, but yet, you know, how are we going to do that? So we got to take a quick break. When we return, I want to get on those topics and more. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. SR Trident is a proud sponsor of State of Energy 2022 is coming to the Houston Club in downtown Houston on Thursday, April 21st, starting at 1130 a.m. The keynote speaker will be the chairman of the Texas Railroad Commission, Wayne Christian, and will feature moderator Sean Strawbridge, CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, along with panelists Mike Howard, CEO of Howard Energy Partners, Phil Anderson, Senior VP of Liquid Pipelines Enbridge, and Bruce Fullen, Vice President of Argus Media. For tickets for the State of Energy Luncheon in Houston on April 21st, go to shalemag.ticketleap.com backslash state of energy. That's shalemag.ticketleap.com backslash state of energy. Sponsored in part by SR Trident. Remember this name, oil field experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Oilfield Expert's specialty is those hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923, and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. And we're back. You're listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Dan Natz, Vice President of Governmental Affairs for IPAA. Dan, before the break, um, I I, uh, wanted to ask you a question about LNG. The president committed the U.S. uh, natural or LNG industry to quadruple its deliveries into Europe in just the next eight years. Um, And considering all of the infrastructure obstacles that the industry is having to try to maneuver through how likely is it possible for for the industry to to meet this challenge with the biden administration basically putting every roadblock possible in front of the industry yeah you know it's a great question and and again the frustration that comes out because there are the the white house now is just throwing out these easy answers that we're going to provide that amount of uh, lng to europe uh, again, the, we are, our members are more than willing to do everything they can to produce oil and natural gas, get it to Europe. We understand how part, uh, important it is, but you hit it right on the head. Um, they are also doing everything they can to stop infrastructure. You need pipes. Our members produce it. You got to get the pipe to get it to, to the export terminals. The terminals themselves, I'm not an expert on that, but the, the amount of time it takes to um, get the permits and the regulations to move forward to you'd have to build new ones and then not only right. that the questions of what's going on in Europe and it's it, I think the biggest frustration we have is that uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal not me but they said the the Biden administration still the uh, the climate extremists still have a chokehold on the Biden administration and that's true um, every every decision that the administration has made and I'm not only talking in the energy sphere but in defense and we just, they just came out with some new rules from the SEC. Finance um, has a climate uh, 
focus on it. So then uh, those have real consequences. And the president's been pushing that way for a year. Now, all of a sudden, they're in a real panic and they're in a real scare, which everybody is concerned about. But it, it, it's just so frustrating to hear leaders in the administration and just immediately say again, yeah, we'll just provide LNG to Europe. It's, it's not that simple and it's not that easy. And I, I talked with one of the LNG companies early this week about that. He told me that the fellow I was talking to told me that, that they have been waiting for 15 months now for a permit from the DOE to move a compressor station 50 feet. Now, moving this compressor station 50 feet would improve the throughput capability of the pipeline it's on by 15%. Uh, that, that's the kind of craziness we're talking about here. And I'm sure you, you must hear similar stories from your members, right? All the time, David. And that's a great example. So you're talking 50 feet to increase 15%. That's a significant yeah, amount. Very significant. And that's a challenge. And that's what I want to, again, say. Our guys are ready to get out, do the work, work hard, um, address this in, as you guys know, in the, the cleanest way possible, environmentally safe. Mm -hmm. Again, it will stack up American regulations and American environmental, the ability to produce an environmentally friendly way around the world. But now um, it really seems to us that they're just, the administration is just playing this game of not talking about all those things, which have real world experience, you know, 50 feet uh, permit 15 months when you can have a huge impact on on the ability to get out there so it's uh it, it's um uh it, it's really important for us to continue to talk about it to have this discussion not only with the administration but with the american public because we're more than ready to go and we're going right. but uh it's not just flipping a switch and that's our frustration is i will pick jen Psaki. she'll stand up at the white house and just say well go drill i don't see what your problem is that's just yeah. not the way it works. That's just somebody not needs the way to let done. somebody needs to give Jen Saki a tour of a rig so she understands before she gets up there as the communication director and and says these things because it's just not possible. And I don't think the American people, honestly, Dan, are that dumb that they're buying it either. It's it's kind of mind-boggling to, to think that the administration really thinks, with gas prices being where they are, that they can make these kind of statements and that the American people really don't understand. We may not understand it all, but we know that there is some mistruths. We're not being getting set. the whole story. That's right. right. Mis story. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about the IRS. Dan, you mentioned that climate fanatics are in every branch, it seems like, and they're going after the oil and gas industry in every section. I want to get on the IRS section, how that's going to impede the oil and gas industry in and how, what does that look if this passes as well? But we got to take a quick break. You're listening to on the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that will keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188.
And we're back. Our guest today is Dan Natz, Vice President of Governmental Affairs for IPAA. Well, Dan, we, we were talking about how the, the industry keeps getting whipsawed by this administration. So the president releases his budget this week, uh, two weeks after Jennifer Granholm, you know, told the industry it needs to produce more oil. And in the budget, just like in last year's proposed budget, uh, the president and his administration proposed to repeal every tax treatment specific to the oil and gas industry uh, in the IRS tax code. And I wanted to give you a chance to kind of talk about <laughs> how that is kind of uh, contradictory uh, to Secretary Granholm's goals here. Yeah, you bet, uh, David. You know, I think there's no better example. In fact, we had the IPAA had our leadership yesterday up on Capitol Hill. We were talking to to both the Republicans and Democrats about this, but it came up. And there's no better example of the president's budget, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and talking about eliminating all the the intangible drilling costs and and other. Uh, tax treatment that's designed to encourage American energy production and it's been around for years. So again, at the same time that the administration talks so much about increasing production, uh, the line items in the budget either said eliminate or terminate every every one of those. And so I think you're really seeing it. And it goes to this broader question of financing. Uh, you know, how, how our member companies, a lot of our guys, smaller producers, they have to borrow money. Um, again, the federal government has so many ways to make it difficult for banks and, and other groups and, and lending institutions. And, and so this, uh, it permeates every part of the business as they're trying to, to reduce at the same time standing up and, and making hollow statements about the need for just go out and drill. Um, so it, it's a huge frustration. Dan, I want to drill down just a little bit into you. Your organization was one of many associations that actually wrote a letter. Tell us about the letter uh, to President Biden or the Biden administration. What was it about and what were you hoping to achieve? Yeah, so we wrote a letter along with a number of our association uh, associated trades, uh, Western Energy Alliance, uh, Permian Basin uh, Petroleum Association, U.S. Oil and Gas Association, um, independent uh, or the National Stripper Well Association, among others. Um, really, the goal was a letter to the president um, in response to this uh, after the invasion of Ukraine and the and what was going on. It just kind of was building up uh, again that the uh, the White House was talking about this fairly simple answer of just go out and drill. And so one of the first goal was to say, look, let's get into a conversation. We have wanted to have a conversation with the administration about American energy security and American energy policy from the day one. And the answer has been, look, I've been at IPAA 20 years and never have I seen, um, we just don't get a response at all, um, just completely ignored. And so the goal was to, to lay out our concerns, how we can help how we can be constructive and also I answered some ideas on on you know how you move this forward to be it streamlining regulation be it uh again some of it is honestly just cutting the rhetoric um yeah. stopping this rhetorical attack day in and day out um and let us move forward so we didn't ask for a lot uh, but we wanted to have a conversation and that was the goal was to say we're here pick right. up the phone um let's have a real discussion but if it's all about climate and uh, everything of uh, uh, reducing fossil fuels, uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to move that ball forward. Mm -hmm. Well, that letter I've shared it on LinkedIn, and it is getting a lot of visibility. And I think we need Good. to take that letter and continue to push it out on our platforms because I think the American people need to understand 
it's not the association's fault why the prices are this high. It is the Biden administration period. And like you said, it is either they are doing something to undermine through regulations or cutting financing to the energy industry so they can't get funding to drill. I mean, it goes on and on and on, and then they won't even speak to the energy industry. That does not sound like an administration that wants to fix the problem of this energy crisis that we are in globally and or here at home. And it lies exactly. in their and, and in their lap, not in the energy industry. And so if the American people are right. mad or upset, they need to be upset with the administration and not the energy industry. Yeah, and, and it's different too, isn't it, Dan? I mean, in the Obama administration, they were hostile to the industry in the Obama administration. They certainly were adversarial. But you could get a meeting at the Department of the Interior. You could get a meeting with people at EPA. And, and this administration has really taken that adversarial posture to a whole nother level, hasn't it? Well, you know, David, I, I, I just told again, we were on, the, <clears throat> on Capitol Hill yesterday, but I told this true story. Uh, since I've been here, our leadership, our president, um, together with me, we have met with every Secretary of Interior. Um, and again, 19 years is a long time. Uh, Democrats, Republicans, Secretary Jewell from the Obama administration, um, Republicans, we haven't, uh, we have not only not had a meeting, we have repeatedly asked for a meeting with Secretary Holland at the Department of Interior and haven't even gotten a response, not even a no. Um, they won't pick up the phone. We've tried to call. Um, and again, you know, some of it's just, it just lends to this frustration that they don't even want to get into a conversation of right. how we can help. And I think that'll tell you the level, uh, how it's permeating through the administration, this goal of um, just trying to, um, to really hamper uh, what we believe is a, is a key part of American energy production, which is oil and natural gas production. Yep. I think that they think well, that if avoiding it, this, the topic in some way um, releases them from some form of liability, I wouldn't think so because the pulse of the American people is pretty hot and they're hot at this administration for tripling everything from the grocery store to what we pay at the pump. David, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's just the behavior that, that be, refusing to being uh, willing to even have a conversation. It's troubling. Is, is the behavior of, of a group of people that know they can't defend the positions that they've taken, That's right? right? That's right. I mean, they, they have no logical argument Mm-hmm. to to really justify what they're doing that's a great point david and mm-hmm. and so they can't defend themselves so they won't take a meeting i mean i think it's pretty obvious well look guys we're gonna dan i'll, I'll give you we're gonna go into break here in a minute you want to comment on that no no all, all i can say is i agree 100 percent. i think david hit it right on the head and uh, and we'll keep trying um yeah. we're gonna keep moving that was the purpose <laughs> of this letter let's let's get after it um we're here to, you guys know, independent producers, we'll, we'll go out after it every day, but uh, we yeah. need to have a, a partner to play with. Well, so. you know, Dan, I'm going to put it on our website too, shellmag.com. So anybody, listeners who want to go to it and read it in its entirety and the associations that signed it and what the Biden administration is refusing to talk to the industry about, they'll be able to get it there. We're, let's take a quick break. When we get back, I want to get back on the topic of what's happening in D.C., but we have to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. 
SR Trident is a proud sponsor of State of Energy 2022 is coming to the Houston Club in downtown Houston on Thursday, April 21st, starting at 1130 a.m. The keynote speaker will be the chairman of the Texas Railroad Commission, Wayne Christian, and will feature moderator Sean Strawbridge, CEO of the Porta Corpus Christi, along with panelists Mike Howard, CEO of Howard Energy Partners, Phil Anderson, Senior VP of Liquid Pipelines Enbridge, and Bruce Fullen, Vice President of Argus Media. For tickets for the State of Energy Luncheon in Houston on April 21st, go to shalemag.ticketleap.com backslash state of energy. That's shalemag.ticketleap.com backslash state of energy. Sponsored in part by SR Trident. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. We're back. Our guest today is Dan Natz, Vice President of Governmental Affairs for IPAA. Hey, Dan. Uh, uh, this week, President Biden uh, announced the big announcement that he plans to release a million barrels of oil a day from, from the nation's Strategic Petroleum Reserve for the next 180 days. So he plans to take 180 million barrels out of the, uh, the SG, SPR that right now I think contains about 600 million barrels intended for a national emergency. Are we in a national emergency where, where oil is concerned? Well, no, I mean, it, and this again is, uh, it, it always is interesting that it, it seems a playbook, they just dust off the same playbook every time uh, gasoline <laughs> prices go up, right? They have a they have a playbook and they find it on the shelf and pull it out and, and tapping uh, the spro is is one of the is one of the baseline uh, activities we really don't see uh, it's not necessary um you know and it, it number one it's a strategic reserve for uh, the nation and it, exactly for second of all oh yeah and so we have to um we have the ability to produce. We have the ability to produce here. So we would say, which we always say, rather than tapping into the SPRO, work with us uh, to find ability for us to get out, and encourage us to get out and, and produce more oil and natural gas here. Much simpler, a much better way to go. But uh, they seem to be back to the old tired arguments where we're going to hit the SPRO and blame the companies and talk about windfall profits and all these other things when the answers are fairly obvious, which is we need more production and the administration's getting in the way of that. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't it be better to, to just uh, do what the administration can to get out of the domestic industry's way and let it do its job and increase production that way? Isn't that really the answer here if you want more oil production? Absolutely, absolutely. And and look, and there's some real issues that have come up. Uh, we got supply chain issues. Again, I, yeah. I would lay that at the foot of the administration. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we can do it. And, 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 and the other issue is we've proven we can do it. Um, as you guys time know, and time again, yeah, time and time again, but over the last couple of years, uh, uh, you know, we, America is energy secure and you see that you can do it. So we have, we have history on our side that we can do it time and time again, but, uh, instead, uh, you're going to tap into to the spro, which just makes no sense to us at all. So you talk about a playbook, and they do have a, I totally agree with that. It's absolutely true. So next week, 
Speaking of the playbook, <laughs> Shock. two different committees in the House of Hearings. Representatives, the House Energy Resources Committee and the Energy and Commerce Committee are going to have show trials, what I call show trials. Uh, they're going to call up executives from independent producers and the big old uh, integrated companies like ExxonMobil and BP and Shell. And they're going to demagogue them uh, about high gasoline prices. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just want to 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 hear what IPAA thinks about these kinds of exercises and how counterproductive they really are for the discussion. You, you know, I think counterproductive is a great word to talk about it because we need to have a discussion and, and on real issues, um, real issues out there. Um, I, again, I talked about supply chain issues. Our members are facing that every day. How do we address that? How do we move forward and how do we have a rational energy policy that provides energy security? We'll, we will be the first to tell you, it's not just only oil and natural gas. You need to have a lot of energy, but you can't ignore us. You can't not have us in the conversation. We need to be yeah. part of that conversation and have a vigorous conversation about that. Instead, you're going to get this again. It's right out of the playbook. It's, it's unbelievable. Here we go with hearings. And call them up and they're going to go, you know, talk about prices. And again, uh, it, it's just so frustrating and so unnecessary. And in my years in Washington, you can just see this is exactly what happens. Um, Bernie Sanders is talking about a windfall profits tax. We could have checked that box. Um, it doesn't do anything to, to further the uh, conversation about some rare, very real issues and how we get move forward. And, and instead, just is uh, demagoguery that will try to say, don't look over here. Don't look at what we're doing day to day in the regulatory space and in uh, all these other issues with the economy. It, it's got to be big oil trying to do something to us. Right. by, by uh, mm -hmm. So it, it, it's, it's, it's really um, going to be uh, not productive at all. I'm, I'm certain of that. So, so the Democrats have been playing this game for half a century now, really. I mean, when you look back over history and every time gas prices go up, they have these hearings. They accuse the, the, the oil refiners of price fixing and collusion. And in all that time, I, I did research on it. I couldn't find a single instance in which the Department of Justice ever demonstrated there was any collusion or price fixing engaged in by, by the big oil companies. Except maybe coming so, from them. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but I, I just wonder: Does IPAA have any record of there ever being uh, a case brought by the Justice Department on price fixing against the refining business? No, we don't. And and again, uh, I keep referring, but we are on the Hill yesterday, and and we were talking about the the real beauty of um, the American system, oil and natural gas system, is we have uh, we have such a wide group of of companies that produce and what i mean by that yeah. it's a very dynamic process you have very small producers the people we produce you have mid-sized companies you have the large producers that it again goes back to markets and it goes back to competition um everybody's working to try to to find the the you know the best way to produce effectively right. efficiently and environmentally safe way we all push each other forward because you don't have so one of the members we don't have a national oil company and that's a good that's, that's a, good, a thing. good thing because our guys are moving our small guys are moving looking for new ways to do it the major and what it also does is there's no chance you're gonna have price fixing because you got have such a wide variety of producers out there um that that helps everything and we're always fans of markets and always fans of competition that's that's a positive thing across the board and it's been proven time and time again yeah well, Dan, it's the healthiest situation in the world really 
Well, Dan, I, you know, we're coming up on the end of our last segment, and I just first of all want to say thank you for reminding us. The oil and gas industry also is working and very much in tune with climate and climate change, and they are not opposed to trying to do, find alternatives, doing things greener and in better ways. However, I think what the American people need to, what we're struggling with as a nation is how do we do this? And it is a transition. It takes time. And we can see that when we're trying to push things too fast, the outcome is what we're seeing right now. Higher prices at the pump. We have plenty of resources here, oil and natural gas. We don't need to uh, look to another country. And yet this administration is doing everything they can to prevent the oil and gas industry from really satisfying the American people's appetite for energy right now. So I think that that's the closing, is that we need to understand that if we're going to talk about climate change, and it's serious, we also have to understand that energy is a very important component of it still to today. And if we don't like what we're seeing right now, then we need to understand we need to slow down a little bit and back up and look at a transition and a more realistic approach, as opposed to flip a switch the way the Biden administration seems to think this works. But for now, that's all the time we have. Dan, where can our listeners go to to learn more about your association? They can go to uh, our website, which is uh, www.ipaa.org, or also we recommend uh, energyindepth.org, which is also our communications piece, just all one word, energyindepth.org. And we appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to chat with you guys today. Thanks very much. Well, we're Thanks glad for that all you, you do. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being uh, in D.C. and speaking up, or excuse me, speaking on behalf of the energy industry. That's all the time we have for this show. Appreciate it, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, guys. In the Oil Patch is where together we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bilotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.